Actually, me. Trav, I feel like this is a long time coming. It's been about <laughs> probably like 14, 15 years in the making. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I was telling my cousin, we were going, right? Yeah. I was telling my cousin, he was like, where you coming today? I was like, Travis, and I started listing off your achievements and your positions. And I was like, when I had the Royal Line show back in the day, you are, oh, hell no. <laughs> so, you know, we go way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the boy, like, it was like a family trip. Me and my cousins was just in the room, and I, I mean, all our family was there, and like we just playing funny videos, and that's how my mommy actually started liking because she started watching the videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's my boy. This, that, that, and then later on, interestingly, I was telling my dad, I was like, "This who I got? Uh, is you interviewing today?" He's like, "Travis, who Travis?" I just say, "Travis, let's come." Oh, okay, what are you up to? And I start saying da 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 da. So yeah, yeah. you know, close ties. This ain't really no stranger, <laughs> and the list goes on. So, we normally have a cold opening. Um, actually, how are you doing today? I'm good. I I'm good. Just Feeling the summer vibes yeah. and enjoying the summer break. Yeah, I in total summer vibes. I feel like going fishing, diving in the water today. So, it's like, let me be casual. Yeah. Because it's yeah. going to be a very eventful show. So, before we really get into things, let me introduce myself. I am the Negus of Nassau, St. Antoine Alexander, Lord Jalen Willett, at your service. <laughs> and welcome to Everything Cool. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. The tourists come over to chill on the beach. But they don't come over the hill where we sleep. We got nightmares and they got fantasies. No sanity, it's just insanity. My mommy hoping nothing happens to me. And that's where we cut. And then, on the left of me, we have the illustrious. Please introduce yourself, sir. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. My name is Travis Edgecombe. I am the... CEO of the Bombers Gospel Music Awards. CEO. I am oh, the... Wait, wait, wait. You for real? Yeah. When were you when you became CEO? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all kind of new things. Because I know yeah. you was having that space, but no, go ahead, finish, introduce yeah. yourself. Um, I'm also the CEO of Edgy Management, mm -hmm. where I do um, public relations and management for um, artists, public figures, mm -hmm. and um, small businesses as oh, well. Nice. Um, I also work to Fincastle Media Group as a content manager. Shout out to Fincastle Media Group. Yes, they're doing wonderful things over there. I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also sing background for everybody. Yeah, because you always <laughs> be in a box with your t-shirt on, a body yeah, of the yeah, yeah. stream and stuff like that. And uh, I am a, you could say, uh, like a small content creator. A liquor, small, a, li a little, bro, a little a legend, bro. If you, bro, I ain't like, if you like carry or hell no into, if you like sort of catch the wave, like 2015, 2016, when like Vine and um, Instagram started bubbling, Snapchat, you, you would have been, I mean, you're still a legend regardless, but just for that aspect, I wouldn't say, you know, little content creator, because he, Come from be in front of the camera to behind the scenes. If you know, you know, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh hell no! Was something that. No, before we go into that, sure. Okay, okay. we have a okay. segment. Okay, okay. On this show <laughs> called the Bayman Word Phrase or Saying of the Day, and we always give that privilege to our guests to give us 
the word, phrase, and saying of the day. You gotta think. <laughs> I can say that's a vibe. That's a vibe. Do we have that's a vibe? I think we had wired before, but we ain't had that in a long time. We hear everything cool. We on the road to 100. So <laughs> at this point, anything goes. <laughs> so that's a wire. For our international yeah. audience, please tell them what that's a wire mean. Meaning this, if you explain a certain situation, uh, and, you know, it kind of thought provoking or it got kind of got you surprised and you'll be like, boy, that's a wire. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. So, Travis Edgecombe. My first initial introduction, I don't even know. Plenty of people I know nowadays and familiar with, I don't know. I followed them like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know how I add you on Facebook. But I think during that time, it was just a fruit craze in the bombers. Like everybody's leaving high five and coming to Facebook and just right, 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 right. adding people. And whoever yeah. stuck, stuck. Yeah. Or yeah. changed profiles or whatever. Yeah. So, you know. Um, so tell us your origin story. What is the origin narrative of Travis Edgecombe? Well, I was born here in, in Nassau to um, Delores and Al Ed- well, Delores Wilson now and Al Edgecombe. Mm-hmm. And I have two siblings, Francesco um, and Ethan Edgecombe, mm-hmm. who's also known as Tippy. Uh, tippy. Tippy. They okay. call him Tippy because he's a tip on his toes when he was kids. Oh, tip on your toe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I went to Temple Christian Elementary School mm-hmm. and went to Kingsway for two years, okay. grade seven and eight. Okay. And I went back to Temple Christian for grades nine through 12. And then after that, I took a year off from school. I was like, I wasn't into no college. I <laughs> wanted to work and make some money. Mm. But that didn't work out too much, okay. too well. So I decided to go to COB at the time. Mm. And in 2009, uh, in October of 2009, that's where Oh Hell No was birthed. I had a yeah. camera mm. that I just had used because I used to like just take pictures of every event I went to everywhere I went. So I used to post them on Facebook. So I said, you know what? I should do a show. Mm. And I just decided to do an episode of Oh Hell No. Mm. And me not knowing too much about editing, mm. I decided to use Windows Movie Maker. And that's how I started too. So <laughs> all of my... All of my episodes were made on um, Movie Maker. And for some reason, um, as soon as I posted the first two, three episodes, it caught a blaze. Mm. And I didn't expect it to be as popular as it did um, back then. Because I think Ohelno is now about 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And I was like, but this some serious stuff. Mm. And I had to literally sit down and put episodes together mm. of what I would talk about, whether it's inspirational, whether it's politics, whether it was what's going on. Oh, yes, my youth. Yes, what my is youth. What is yes, my youth? <laughs> <laughs> like all of those things that I uh, I thought that was relevant to my generation at the time, millennials. Mm. And um, we the, season, the show moved for about three seasons. Mm. And then I started out at COB in culinary. Mm. where I uh, wanted to be a chef. And about a year after that, I quickly shifted from that and went to mass communications. Okay. Then the dean of the, stu- of the school told us that they were going to make the journalism associates into and the mass into BA. Yeah. So I say, okay, well, let me try this stuff up because I always wanted to be on radio. Mm. 
And that still ain't happened mm-hmm. yet. But, but you, you never say never. You, you can make it same. happen, you know? Never, never say never. But mm. um, went through my time at, at UB and um, got out of there. And I went to work for the counselors. Where oh, yeah. I was um, working at Bahamas at Sunrise. And I had my own segment called Trending with Travis. Oh, wow. Um, on the show as well. And then I was able to produce... Um, the new segments for that and it was good because okay. like, that's where I fell in love with public relations okay. at the counselors I feel like counselors is the bedrock for um, most well of a certain age I would say those who probably between 27 to 45 right now who in media had some tie or had to go through the counselors yeah. at some point um, even a lot of other established Entities that have been around a long time. A lot of them started out at the counselors. Unfortunately, um, I my father worked there, okay. and then um, meeting all everybody. So I equated with those people there, Miss Aubrey and those. And yeah. then shout out to them. <laughs> yeah. And then a lot of people started at the movie group too. Yeah. And I used yeah. to intern there, so met a lot of people coming through there. So these are the building blocks. I seen, because I sort of know how like a lot of things stem, like who was here and then they move here and then this branch off to this, this branch off to this. And, you know, just bear witness to it all. It has been amazing. And, you know, somewhat historical from a documentarian standpoint. Right. So, you know, that's always cool. So, was I, I think I remember the day you posted that you left from the counselors. I left in um, October of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that was shortly before I came my home, you know, yeah. from Atlanta. So what you did between that time, I know you was at some point. I forget what the group name. Um, I was I'd actually I had left them, but I went to um, Elevation Media Group. Yes, Elevation. I was there, mm. and um, that's where I really, really got my feet wet into dealing with production and awards mm-hmm. and. Um, my script writing skills and I tapped into all of that and um, we produced a show called The Rush. Okay, I remember And then at the time when I went there, um, I had to jump right into work because um, that was when the first Elevation Awards was being in preparations to be introduced to the Bahamas and also um, coming out next the following year. Mm. So we worked very hard in making sure that um, we pulled that off and the I mean, engagement of the people and and the, you know, um, attraction of it was huge. And um, five years later, we're still around. Okay, so the Elevation Awards is still... The Elevation Awards is still around and the Elevation Awards is coming back. Okay, that's cool because I know a lot of things have been hampered by these last two going on three years because of the pandemic and everybody starting to just like jumpstart what they had going on in 2019. We were actually able to have the Elevation Awards um, November of 2020 in the pandemic. So you did it online? Yeah, we did it it virtually. So we had to work hard and um, shoot certain um, performances virtually so that we were able to Put the show together and have it ready for 2020. Now, last year we weren't able to have it, but um, we're talking with the CEO. He said that he wants to bring it back for our fifth anniversary. So, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, you've been highlighting public. You are. You would say you're a public relationship uh, relations officer. Yes. So, for the people that don't know, break down what exactly that is and how maybe someone that has a platform. Mm-hmm. may that thing may be essential for them to how they sort of 
carry their brand and how they appear to the masses. But, well, first of all, the people uh, that would like to get into this um, area, mm. you won't, um, sometimes you won't get that time to sit down and Google and research and learn what populations is. Sometimes you are thrown into the water, as I was mm. when I first went. And um, public relations is, you know, relations with people, mm. you know, with the public in terms of um, receiving and giving information um, that is needed to be sent to the public and making sure that the right information is being distributed to the public pertaining to um, whatever campaign, whatever event, whatever political um, story that is out there, you control the narrative. Mm -hmm. And based on what you say in the statements that you reveal or what you release, um, determines um, either the brand or the story or the product that you're trying to portray to the public. Why do you think companies don't think PR is necessary? Or they undersell it? Because they most of the time people just think they even understand marketing and I advertising. I think they get those yeah. two things mixed up. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times because they really have a marketing director or a VP of marketing at their company, they feel as if that PR is is unnecessary. But you know, you have to have some kind of public relations representation because now social media and technology has advanced. Um, versus where what it was 20 years ago, where now if there is an issue mm -hmm. or a scandal that in involves a certain company, you're going to need a communications director, a PR director that's able to communicate on the company's behalf and make sure that they're able to clean up or bandage whatever is damaged mm -hmm. and making sure that the brand stays intact um, whenever there's an issue that arises, whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. So you, also, you will always need that PR representation in in every aspect of of business okay because oftentimes people a great question is like how much as a company or an individual i need to start maybe before i should consider hiring um a pr uh, officer like maybe my business is too small and i can't afford something like that and i have to do it personally or maybe there's other ways and other alternatives to sort of get that service but something that could be feasible for a small business's um, budget. Well, the good thing about it is, is that in PR, you could choose what you want. Mm -hmm. For example, if you're a small business and you just need a commercial, mm -hmm. we'll give you that 30-second commercial or a 60-second commercial. If you mm -hmm. just need a press release done, mm -hmm. we'll get that press release done. If you right. need us to do a three-month campaign of a product that you're trying to push, we could do that mm -hmm. with a, a fee that is um, affordable for your budget. And then businesses should be able to understand that not all PR agencies or a PR um, entrepreneur is going to be expensive, expensive to the point where it's going to hurt your pocket. Mm. And, and I have to say this, and you, some people may not like it, but mm -hmm. if you want your brand to be the best of the best, you gotta spend that money. You gotta spend that money. Mm -hmm. You can't be cheap with it. And a lot of people believe that you could get the best product and still be cheap with it. Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. So if you really want the best out of what, you, what it is that you want to portray into the public, you gotta hire the best PR agency or the best PR representative to represent your brand and company. Is, you know, this is a. Uh I would say the statement is probably cliche, but yeah. people say um, bad publicity is still good good publicity. That I, is true. Okay, well, why? Because some people will be like, no, I would be seen as that, but then it's like, wait, look at the numbers. Exactly, uh, yeah, because yeah. guess what? For example, if you were to go to a food establishment mm. and there was a situation that occurred between the waiter and the customer, there may be someone in the public that may be watching the news that have never heard of the business establishment. 
and it gives the people to go on to go on their social media platforms and say, "What is this? What, what is what is this place all about? What do like they the sell? What kind wings. of food do they have?" <laughs> right, the, right, like like the chicken wings. Mm. But it it draws traction to both the person that is affected and also the business mm. that is being portrayed in a, in a bad light. So it's it's good and bad mm. um, for both businesses. But then it it takes the PR representative to. Um, drive that story and turn it around and make it positive that can be beneficial for both the person that is affected and then also for the business that is also being portrayed as this enemy mm-hmm. so once you're able to navigate that and, and drive that um, around to doing something positive then that's where PR comes in place I think those people in Freeport needs some PR services right now. <laughs> I was like, you know, some type of wing special. Like, hey, we yeah. got our three to your plate, you know. So, after you were at a time with Elevation, then you made the transition over to, is it Fincastle or you had to stop it? Actually, I, after I had left um, Elevation Media Group, which is now Encore Records, um, I transitioned into my own. I actually, as a matter of fact, I left Elevation Media Group and I went to work at Family Guardian okay. as a client services coordinator for Bahama Health. Mm. Hated it. <laughs> Why? Hated it because it was a nine to five job, and me being a creative, it was. I felt it felt it was redundant. It was the same mm. thing over and and I didn't want to do all them exams, and I, I just wasn't interested in insurance. That, that that's just what I didn't want to do. So while I worked there, I was able to write the vision of my company, Edgy Management, which mm. was born at my cubicle desk <laughs> in my journal that I wrote down. And I was able to, to write down the vision for the company where I was able to do public relations for um, music artists, mm. um, public figures, whether you're a speaker, athlete, whatever it, it is, and small business. Okay. So I was able to engage um, my first artist was Carissa Smith. Okay, um, from Essence Band. From Essence Band. Okay, and um, she had called me for a meeting, and we had uh, she had asked me to um, assist her with her management because she trusted me that I knew a lot about the music business. Mm. Um, and I, um, she was my first client, and then um, I started a company called Edgy Lyrics. Um, for and songwriting. And the Edgy came from my last name. <laughs> Where my last name is Edgecombe, so mm. I dropped the com and left, mm. left the edge, and I don't know why. Mm. So I said Edgy Management and um, Edgy Productions is another company that I started as well. So it's like a threefold company where whatever services you need from me, I'm able to offer it mm. um, to the public. Um, Leonisha, who's also known as Leo, I also represented her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrington McKenzie is a former client of mine who mm-hmm. I manage. Um, right now, I'm managing Davy and Chase, this new gospel group called Ignited. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm managing this girl named Gabrielle Finlayson, who is the season four winner for 242 on tap. Okay. Um, and also, um, I'm representing Iman now. Iman as artist? Iman, yes. Iman, okay. the gospel artist, the gospel rapper as well. Okay. So I'm representing him now. So good things are coming up for edgy management. So how do you pick a client? Because, you know, I've been managing uh, Cool It, hashtag Banana Fan Fantastic. Right, right, right. Check him out, my boy, for the last five years. And managing talent isn't the easiest thing. And you have a whole stable full. And sort of laying out a vision and having client to buy in 
and go through the steps and them seeing the progress, the success of what you told them, tell them about. Like, what's that process like for you? Well, to be honest, at the beginning of um, edgy management, to say that I had it all together and I knew everything that I was doing would be a lie if I mm. said that. You're not going to get it right the first time. Um, and it's sad because you feel as if that you're taking a trial with your mm. very first client and they, there's a certain level of expectancy from mm -hmm. them when they engage your services to do a job for them. So I think that was where um, I was able to make my early mistakes as a manager, mm. where um, certain things that I thought was supposed to be um, really wasn't. There were certain um, uh, requirements of me from my clients that were expected of me and I wasn't able mm. to deliver it the way that they wanted me to, mm -hmm. which had caused them to, um, for us to go our separate ways, mm. which is fine with me because that was a part of the learning experience and learning mm -hmm. process and you grow. And um, I had to do research. I had to speak with people that were um, above me that's been in season in the industry in terms of managing artists. And I had to speak to people not here just here locally, but also people international to get advice. Um, and um, usually when people see the work that you do and, and, and PR is sometimes word of mouth as well. Mm -hmm. You know, they usually um, say, well, I'm being managed by this guy named Travis Edgecombe. Mm -hmm. He has a company called Edgy Management. And they usually um, would say, well, well, let me try him out. And, and based on the client mm -hmm. who you represent and how well you do, they will speak on your behalf and they'll do the PR for you. And it will drive mm. the business to your company as well. So um, I've been blessed to have a group of, of amazing clients that trust me with their career journey and their musical journey as artists. So do you only select gospel artists? And how profitable is sort of managing an artist in the Bahamas? Because we know... This um, music industry conversation has always been an ongoing thing about how we make it profitable. Do yeah. we have a big enough market to absorb as to where you could do this full time and you don't have to have a, any side gigs? What's your perspective on that? Um, here in the Bahamas, it's very difficult, especially working along with the gospel industry, mm -hmm. to uh, make anything profitable for our gospel artists. Mm. I think it's going to take for the a, a united front of gospel artists to say that we are no longer taking invitations for free. Because a lot of people believe that just because you're in the church, that means that you could take advantage of the artist mm. versus the secular who will charge you to hit that stage. Mm. But a lot of times our gospel artists, they say, well, I'm doing this for the will of the Lord. Yeah, that may be so. Yes, you are. But right. then your gas yeah. isn't free. Mm. You trying to find the right outfit to wear for that concert or that conference or that whatever it is that you're required to do, that, that takes money. That takes mm. time. And you're not going to the studio on air. You have to spend money to that producer to get it mixed, get it mastered. You have to marketing pay and PR. Marketing and PR. You have to pay the, the BGVs that singing backgrounds on your track. Like that requires money. Mm. So I, I had to um, drop gospel nuggets on my Facebook statuses. Yeah, where, actually seen them. Yeah, where I'm able to educate the gospel industry that there are certain things you have to do in order to market yourself as an artist. And there are certain aspects of business mm -hmm. the business aspect in the gospel industry is definitely missing so i'm trying to educate our gospel artists to although you're doing this for the lord, the lord mm -hmm. you have to also have a business head in terms of how you would want your brand as an artist to be portrayed in the public eye i think a lot of Bahamian artists don't lack the business acumen because they think let me just create and then hopefully 
it blew up and then hopefully I get paid. Uh, yeah, yeah, they believe that they can just send the song to the radio and mm. it'll, it'll market itself. No, you gotta do mm. more than that. You gotta shoot videos, you, know, you gotta, right. yeah. you know, have certain marketing campaigns, releasing your music. You gotta push your music for a certain amount of time. You yeah. have to make this, you know, do an interview with this person and right. do an interview with this person right. just to move around and get audiences and then you have to perform both locally and internationally because we always forget the international part. Because we'd be like, oh, that's too far reaching. But it's like, no, you have to do it. Right. That's the only way you get your name out there. Right. So, you know. Right. Um, so now, what really got you into the whole music industry? Because I see for early on, you had a love for being in the church and singing in choir from your... Yeah. You still go to Mount Table, no, Mount Abundant Life. Yes. Okay, so you was always a part of Abundant Lights music ministry, like yeah. From a kid, I was a music jun- junkie. Okay, I always wanted to be a music critic. I used to watch all of the VH1 behind the music, mm-hmm. um, true Hollywood stories. I love watching documentaries and the journeys of music artists. I loved gospel music. Gospel music is my first love, and R and B. I love some good eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties R and B and early two thousands. Um, my opinion, the R&B that's out now is a bit... <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was dead because I used to tease my ex-girlfriend about that like when we was together six, seven years ago. She loved R&B and I was like, bro, today R&B is dead. I see they trying to come back but yeah, everybody's but like, it's too much uh, hip-hop infusion. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's very um, trappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the real rhythm and oh, blues whispery. feel. Yeah, and whispery. The, the real singing, singing with a lot of soul, mm. that's missing. I would love to see that um, come back eventually. But that's that's where I got my love for music. I, I would go on the Billboard website and look and see who's the top of the charts, what song is slamming, what song is at the top, and what song is drifting away. And I used to keep myself knowledgeable of who was who in, um, in R&B and pop and everything. Now, now, today, I can't keep up. Yeah, it's too much. Because every all. week is a little something, a little that, Artists, a little new this. Artists. Little That's why I listen to like music podcasts yeah. to be like, okay, this come out? Yeah. All right, let me check this out. Yeah. And then I like what I like. Right. So I'm, um, I haven't been keeping up that that much mm. of who's been out there. But um, here locally, um, we got some talent mm. um, that has not been discovered as yet. And I can't wait for them to release the music that they've been doing in the studios and for the Bahamas to hear them. Because we really, really have a new generation of talent that's going to be coming up very soon. So there's just strictly gospel or there's a plethora of other genres? I think it's a plethora of other genres. Okay. Because with me working along with the Elevation Awards, I get to see the underground artists. Mm. I get to see the ones who are um, true to the rake and scrape Junkanoo, which is our indigenous sound. And mm. then also... People who choose pop and R&B and all those other genres that you wouldn't see regularly on the regatta stages or the, or the national stages, but mm. they're doing their music um, and they're venturing out into international platforms so that their music is getting out there. So, um, for example, one of my favorite artists, um, say about a couple of years ago, would have been Kia. Mm-hmm. You know, her song Faded is still a, is still a mood and still a jam. Yeah, it is. And... Um, I, I would love to see more. I think like she her. put out an EP for it. Yeah, she that, did. Like she did, or, yeah. which was really, which was really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would like to see more R and B artists and more other artists that venture in the other genres rise up here in the Bahamas locally. What's your definition of Bahamian music? Any this- Bahamian that does music is Bahamian music. I don't think it should mm-hmm. be linked to just one genre, which is what people feel as if it's indigenous, which is Rick and Scrape. And um, Junkanoo. Mm. If you're a Bahamian and you do pop, 
that's Bahamian music to you. If it's someone that does country and it's a Bahamian, that's Bahamian country. If that's somebody that does rock, that's Bahamian rock. Hmm. If someone chooses to do gospel, that's Bahamian gospel. Like any Bahamian that does any genre of music is Bahamian music. Because I was explaining that to someone, I'm like, I understand the argument of Bahamian music is what is traditionally known. Right. And, or it's the argument of once this person says this, they are Bahamian. Right. And they're telling Bahamian stories. Right. A, sometimes in a Bahamian vernacular, right. it's Bahamian music. So, yeah. you know, um, people always fight often, but it's like, you know, it's, you just got to find your way. And something yeah. may inspire you other than the so-called rake and scrape sound. And then, you know, there's always an argument that rake and scrape and junk canoe and not Calypso. Um, what's that? Uh, Gombe right. needs to be modernized. Like how Soka and other Caribbean music has been, um, you know, modernized. But you know, I do, I, I, I do believe that there are artists of today that have been able to infuse mm -hmm. um, that sound. Um, for example, Julian Believe, mm -hmm. Dyson, Wendy, Bodine, Patrice Morel. They've been able to fuse those sounds together to make it modern and attractive to um, our generation. And I do believe that there is a generation that loves pure Junkanoo rake and scrape. There is. And I was able to watch a few videos of um, a place called The Farm, where yeah, I saw downtown, a lot of Bahamians yeah. go out there on a Friday yeah. night, and it was just clean, fun, where people just sang a bunch of rake and scrape songs, mm. and people just invent to enjoy it. So there are a group and a percentage of young millennials and Sorry. generation behind us who are engaged in the indigenous sound of the Bahamas. Um, I do believe that our generation, the generation behind me, um, do need to embrace our culture. This is where we are from and this is, mm -hmm. the, this is the sound of, of what our country um, has put together. That Junkanoo sound, one thing I know about us, we like ourselves some Junkanoo. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll put down the cell phones and, and we will be into the Junkanoo and we'll go to Junkanoo practice. We go in mm -hmm. to get paint, paste our, our costume and we go into Junkanoo December and New Year's Boxing Day and New Year's Year Day. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's not dying, but it needs to be more in your face for the generation to keep it going. Yeah, because, you know, people, there, there was an argument about this. Like, you know, Bahamian artists don't get support, but it's like, that's why the Gombe Festival exists. Yeah. And it's like, people will be like, well, if I knew about this, I will go to it. So it's like, okay, I think the Ministry of Church Tourism has made a concerted effort to yeah. put billboards like, this will happen. And I think that's why people attending, yeah. you know, people see going to the regatta as something to enjoy. And I think the younger journey, less than, you know, not real, but particularly millennials, but none of the Gen Zs are going back and doing their homework and embracing their culture because they see, okay, certain things are historically important and right. I'll be historically important if I keep this going. Right, right, right. So, you know, um, so it's a, it's a cross-section because I think the pride comes into play when you see other people take a sound right. and you heart because you're like, yeah, that's yeah, our yeah, sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, you're yeah. not that and, it and, and we don't be active Mm. Um, about it and or react to it until someone else from elsewhere takes it mm. and makes it their own. That's when we be like, no, that's our sound. Mm -hmm. But if you don't take care of the sound that's yours, you know, it gives leaves room for somebody else to take it and make it their own. And and we have to be careful. We have to protect our sound. We have to protect um, the genre that is 
most popular in this land and the mm -hmm. people that come here to visit as tourists love that they love that sound yeah. they love that junk new experience they love that rake and scrape so we need to protect it we need to keep it we need to keep it going for years and years to come okay so what exactly do you do at your current position at Fink Castle? I am the content manager, so our responsibility is to get BTS mm. of everything that we do and then also um, create content to put on our various social media platforms, which is FinCast Media Group, um, Driftwood Studios, which is the studios that we have that record mm -hmm. photo shoots, commercials, TV shows, etc. And then also um, we do events as well. We plan press conferences and we do the... Oh, we cover PR, the events and stuff yeah. and everything PR related. We do that there at Fincastle mm. Media Group. Cool, because I see, I mean, I never seen Mario smile so hard when he was in the skit. <laughs> <laughs> Walking through the office. Shout out Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I asked like, you know, you know, it's always good to see businesses embracing the youth as well. Like, you know, um, because we had a time to where... Things are shifting and you have to keep up with the different trends. Yeah. But understand the principles of say craft, whether it be PR, marketing, advertising, production, whatever. So, yeah. you know, infusing because I was a part of I mean I'm a part of a young group now, but you know, um I was a part of a advertising agency not too long ago. We did, you know, some monumental things because it's all a wet the Bahamian Creatives right. palette because, okay, like when I was in London, I wanted to work for Vice or Noisy or BuzzFeed or something like that. Right. So, you know, and I've had meetings with Bahamian executives and they refuse to modernize and stream and do all these interactive things. And now, because the pandemic happened, yeah. they see the value in it. Yeah, and it's like, do. if you too late, yeah. You're five years too late. Yeah, yeah. You said jump yeah. on it from like 2015, 2016. Right. Yeah. What do you say to that? I, you know, having a long work history in this field. You have to also, um, your company has to be the cutting edge mm -hmm. of, of what is relevant now. You can't wait until it pops off. You have to know what's going on now. And I think my boss, um, Paul Turngrass and George Turngrass, have done a very good job in, in instilling that into everyone that works there at Fincastle Media Group in making sure that we have the best equipment. Everything in our office is Apple. Mm. I'm an Android user. <laughs> I, haven't swift, I haven't shifted over as yet. Me but either. they, my boss, those are Apple savvy. So our computers, our desks are all... Apple related, um, the technology that we use is all Apple related. So mm. he, they, they are aware of what it takes to making sure that our company is not just the best, but we're the cutting edge mm. of what we would want to see um, in PR and also visually mm. um, in the public and also the world. That's great, that's great. What's the next step? Actually, before we get to the end, congratulations on your recent nomination. Is it from the 48 or the 49? Top 49. Okay, so top 49. So, yeah. Mr. Travis, like myself, has... He was actually at the pin ceremony? I was. Unfortunately, I could not attend, but I had to send someone to go get my pin. Because <laughs> I was at work. But congratulations to you being nominated for the top 49. Thank you, and congratulations to you. From Project yeah. Y, or Project Bahamas. Project Bahamas. Okay, because I remember... Because it didn't dawn on me to where it came from, because I remember Steven and... Um, Sherwin was talking about this concept from like 2018. Yeah. And then like, you know, all of it came back to me. I'm like, oh, 
that's what he's building from then. Yeah. So, you know, we going to be sharp and debonair on August 7th. Is it 7 or 6th? August 6th. August 6th mm-hmm. at the ballroom. I think I'm about doing something crazy with my socks, but keeping the suit plan because, you know, that can be a hectic weekend for me. But how does it feel to be awarded for all your hard work and for so someone to notice the time and attention that you've been putting into your craft to hone your craft? To be honest, I'm I'm not a person that is um, big on um, receiving um, recognition. Mm. I'm always behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, now I'm just learning how to embrace the accomplishments that come Same. my way. And uh, to be recognized, it really tells me that people have been watching. They've been seeing the work that I've been doing um, for these past couple of years, past decade and some other mm-hmm. years at it. Um, and it's and it's rewarding. It's refreshing and it's humbling, and um, I can't wait to see what else is next for me. Indeed, I was surprised because I thought it was pulling my leg when I saw the initial nomination. They had you fill out all this and rest. Like who nominated me? And I still don't know who. <laughs> I still don't know either. I still don't know who put my name in. But but I'm grateful that they did. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Because I was like, okay. But sometimes I be in such a creative vacuum. I don't take notice. And you always look at the numbers. Uh, you can't know. So if you don't do like viral numbers or, yeah, you know, a yeah. couple, probably yeah. more than 10 viewers, 12 viewers. Yeah. Like, anybody watching, I can still do this because I love doing it. And right. it makes me happy. But to look up and, you know, people to say, yo, I've been watching you for a while and grinding and, yeah. you know, putting the work that warms the heart. Because yeah. now, you know, okay. I have more inspiration to keep on going, even though there may be times where I wanted to quit, give up, and just throw my hands up. But it's like, you know, I got to press because this what I love to do. This is my God-given purpose. Right. And I got to see it to the end. Right. So what's next for you, Travis? Uh, right now, I just wrapped up the second year of the Bahamas Gospel Music Awards. Okay. And um, this year, I tired. <laughs> so there's nothing that I'm going to be doing for the rest of the year. I'm just going to be resting mm. and supporting um, my clients with all their other um, opportunities that come their way and managing them. And then we go right back into launching the award season in January. So we have something big coming up in January that oh, I'll yeah. be able to announce then. And um, I'm excited for next year since next year's our 50th independence. Indeed. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge really? year um, next year. So I'm excited about that as well. That's great. So tell the people to that camera where all they can find everything, all your handles. Okay, so if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Godchild1989, Travis Edgecombe on Facebook, um, Edgy Management on Facebook, Bahamas Gossip Music Awards on Facebook, um, also uh, Bahamas BGMA242 on Instagram. We're also on YouTube. The Bombers Gossip Music Awards, and we are also on. Uh, I think that's it. Yes, and if you want to look for FinCaster Media Group, you can go to our Facebook page, FinCaster Media Group. We're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as well, Travis Edgecombe, and um, just find me there. Yeah. And it's just like that. Thank you again for joining us. As we finally got this in the tech, because this was supposed to happen a little while. <laughs> yeah, but we, you know. Yeah. You know, just delayed, never denied. See they soon. But thank you for coming on no everything. Problem cool. anytime. And we can see y'all later. Yeah, yeah, see.